Well, as I was meditating today, I heard a phrase. We've heard it in the world, land of the free and home of the brave. But I heard it in a different place. As I was meditating, I experienced a lot of what Brian was first talking about, the resistance of the mind and the elements of this creation trying to hold my own consciousness into this world. But as I began to hold my awareness and my focus on God and loving God, I found myself just slipping right up above it, just moving right above it and into that place of freedom, into that place of peace and joy, which is spirit. By connecting to my own soul and letting my soul rise free from this creation, I moved upward. And as I did, I was greeted by someone and they said, welcome, welcome to the land of the free and home of the brave. And for a moment I thought, am I back in the United States? <laughs> but then I realized, no, as I looked around, I really was in spirit. And so we began walking through, and I began to be aware that truly this is, in the realms of spirit, the land of the free. I saw souls moving ever in this flow of loving, ever focused on loving God and sharing and participating in that movement of the divine flow of loving. And they are free. And then I realized that that freedom means that they're no longer attached to things outside of the realms of spirit. They no longer have attachments into the physical creations, into the realms of the emotions or the mind. They have let go of all their attachments and put their attachment on God. And that truly is what this pathway is about. It's about having God first and God only. Having your attention fully on God in all things, especially in meditation, but in all things, every moment of every day, as best you can. Ever put God before you. Ever have God with you. Ever have God the action by which you're moving then you do begin to free yourself of this creation because you attach yourself to the one and true only thing there is, which is God, which is the creator of all things. And by attaching yourself to the true, you do let go of the false. It just is automatic. All those things that have had appeal and hold with you and on you will just begin to detach, will begin to let go, will begin to melt away. They will no longer hold your attention. They will no longer trap you or bind you. You will begin to stand free of them because you're attaching yourself more and more with God. And that's done by loving. Loving is a means by which to attach ourselves to God. In the world, we attach ourselves to things by saying, I love it. I need it. I want it. I possess it. I'm obsessed by it. We become attached in those ways. The only way that we attach ourselves to God is through loving. For truly that is the only action there is in all of creation. Everything else is but an illusion. But that movement of loving that is God, that is soul, that is spirit, is true. And so by ever doing everything, everything in the world, in ourselves, 
in spirit, in loving, we are ever attaching ourselves more and more to God and letting go of those things that seem so important in this world. That's freedom. To be in the land of the free truly is, as a soul, to be able to walk and move in the realms of spirit, free of attachments in this world. So pay attention, look around, and see as you move through the day, are you putting God first in all things, in your conversations with people, in your work, in your creativity, in your play, in your meditation, in your eating, in your sleep, are you putting God first? It sounds so simple, but yet it is, in a way, seemingly so complicated to ever keep calling God first in your mind, in your emotions, in your imagination, in your body action as you go through the day. But if you ever begin to do something very simple, and that is to call your loving forward into whatever it is you're doing, call your loving forward into your relationships, into your creativity, into your work, that loving is God. And you are calling God present into what it is you're doing. And be aware that God is in all things. So if you want to put God first, then whatever it is that's in front of you, whatever it is that you seem to be drawn to or attached to or caught up in, look and see God in that. Claim it. Name it. I know that God is in there somewhere. And I love you, Lord, that dwells within this. Automatically, you now are putting God first in that situation, in that place, whatever it might be, and that loving will begin to attach itself to the God in that situation, in that person, in that place. And all of a sudden, you are putting God first wherever you go. And you become, begin to attach yourself to God first through that movement of loving God in all things. And then you take it into your meditation and you look inward and upward to the seat of the soul. And there you just say, Lord, I love you. I love you. I love you. By chanting the name of God, by chanting the hue, by chanting the anti-hue, you are saying, I love you, Lord. And all of a sudden, inward and outward, you are bringing God present in every moment of every day. It doesn't happen every moment of every day but you can do it more and more and more until finally you are living God first. So much more than not that your life truly is transformed. And all of a sudden you do find you are getting free even here while you're in the body. There's a freedom that's coming. You aren't attached. You aren't distracted. You aren't caught up. And when you are, you know where to go to be in freedom, to stand in freedom by putting God first, by moving in the loving. So with eyes open, eyes closed, alone or with others, you are free. And in spirit, your soul stands free, lives free, moves free because of that. And then the other part of the phrase is the home of the brave. Well, truly, the realm of soul and spirit is the home of the brave. 
It is the meek that shall inherit the earth. And I thought, wow, to be meek. Wouldn't that be wonderful to be able to be meek in order to inherit the earth? But truly, I don't know if I want to inherit the earth. I want to inherit spirit. I want to be a part of the realms of spirit and not of this world. And in order to do that, it's a brave soul that does that, not a meek one. There's a saying that it takes a brave soul to see the face of God. And that's true. In order to see the face of God, in order to enter into your own soul and know the truth of your own loving, it takes a brave person to do it. Because in that action, to get to that place where you do see the face of God, you are going to have to confront all those other faces of yourself, of your judgments, of your fear, of your anger, of your separation, and whatever else you have placed between you and God. You are going to have to walk up to each one of those and confront them, see them, love them, transform them. And that takes bravery. We have given tools of loving, accepting, and forgiving in here to assist souls in doing just that. But not everybody is willing to do that. Not everybody is willing to love themselves and to love others in a spiritual way to be in that loving, to be in the accepting of others as they are and themselves as they are, and to be in the loving, and to be forgiving of situations and circumstances and peoples and judgments and fears, and to be in the loving. There are many that still choose today to live in separation, to live in fear, to live in anger, to live in judgment of themselves or of others rather than do the loving. It takes a brave soul to see the face of God. And it takes a brave soul to walk this inner pathway and to meet up with all those things that we ourselves have created that have caused separation. One by one, we are going to meet up with ourselves. And one by one we are going to reclaim the loving that we have placed outside of ourselves in our judgments, in our fear, in whatever it is that we have created that separates us from God. We are going to reclaim that loving and restore ourselves. And in that restoration we truly do wake up to the divine knowing of ourselves as soul. We wake up into that divine movement of loving and we move that loving back into the realms of spirit and there we truly do witness ourselves face to face with God. Face to face with God as our soul for God and soul are one and face to face as soul with God, the creator of all things in the realms of spirit. But in order to do that, we truly do have to be brave. Brave on this journey. Ever willing to take the next step. Ever willing to confront whatever it is and love it 
and accept it and forgive it and continue the journey on. That's the joy of this journey. And the reward of this journey is to truly live in the land of the free and the home of the brave. But in spirit, it's not even seen as that. In spirit, there is no freedom. There is no bravery. There is just loving. There is just being in the presence of the Lord, being in the oneness with the Lord through the movement of that divine flow of loving. There is no need for bravery in the realms of spirit. There is just the strength of loving, the joy of loving, the peace of loving, the wisdom of loving, and all the other aspects that are of God that are in the loving, that is our soul. We do not have to look out into the world for anything. All we have to do is to look inside for truly all that we are truly looking for is inside. Joy, peace, understanding, wisdom, gratitude, creativity, enthusiasm, abundance, everything dwells within us in our own soul. For within the soul that is loving are all the aspects that are of God that are looking to be manifested in its fullest through our form, the soul's form, not the body. So in truth, that which the soul is longing for dwells within itself. And all the soul has to do is spend time each day dwelling upon the soul looking to that place where the soul resides and waking up to the truth that resides there, living into that truth. This is a path of simplicity. I wish that we truly could understand just how simple it is. But the mind always enters in and tries to add things to it and make it more complex. We say, here's A, B, C, do these things, and you will be free. And the mind puts in sub-chapters to our little statement. And under A, there's 27 things you have to do. And under B, 38. And under C, don't even count. That's what the world does. That's what the mind in the world does. It makes it difficult. It makes it challenging. It complicates the simplicity that is spirit. So do not look to the mind or the things of the mind in this world to understand the soul, to understand the spirit, to understand God. Look inside. Look inside with loving. Look inside and wake up to loving. Look inside and become loving. And in that loving that you wake up and become the knowing of, you will know God. It's that simple. And yet, it does take a brave soul to do that. 
because you are going to confront so much of yourself that you don't like, you don't want to see, you don't want to have to do. You're going to confront all the miscreations that you've got to bring into balance. You're going to face up to all your judgments, all the hostility, whatever it might be. And the one thing that I have learned over time is that loving will dissolve it all very quickly. Loving will move you through it all very quickly if you love it. When you fear it, when you judge it, it will cause separation. And you will step back and continue living in separation. But if you can just love it, love yourself, love your judgments, love their judgments, love them, love it, love whatever, it just dissolves. Or you just move right through it as though it doesn't exist. It may maintain its form. It may maintain its voice. But you just move right through it and continue on your journey, letting it have its life as you go on into your new life of freedom, of liberation, and of loving. So when you're walking around this world, when you're driving down the street, when you're sitting in meditation and everything is coming up at you but your loving and God and soul and spirit, look inside and see if you can begin to connect to that thread of loving, of loving God. Today, when I was meditating and things started kind of hitting at me, and then I lifted up into spirit and I saw and heard the land of the free and the home of the brave, I realized that what I want is my freedom. I want freedom. And I'm going to do all I can every day, not just in meditation, but all the day, to live in freedom to truly be a soul free while in this world. And that's a challenge because this world wants to keep the soul trapped here. The Lord of this creation has the right, as long as you're in a body, to come up and tempt you, to tease you, to distract you, to call you back. And that Lord of this creation will do so if you allow it. If you leave just a little door open in your consciousness, he's going to come over and whisper inside and say, hey, wait a minute, you're not paying attention here. Listen to me. I'm the real voice you want to hear. What we want to do is have our focus so much on God that even if the Lord of this creation is yelling in our left ear, loud and it may not be something that you hear but you feel or that you think all you want to do is have God first and God only have your focus fully on the Lord even in that voice even in that disturbance just say love you Lord God bless you and keep moving forward 
Just see God in that voice. See God in that stress. See God in that situation. And it will transform itself immediately. Chant the name of the Lord in all that you do. That sacred name, the power of the name, and put it before you and let it go before you. And all these things will just be dispelled. Like a hot butter through a hot butter, hot, hot knife through butter. <laughs> well, let's try hot butter through a knife. <laughs> it will just cut away all those things very easily. That's what loving does. And to be brave and to truly see all that you have created that separates you from the Lord and just to love it, to honor it, or to fulfill it. There are so many things that we have created that separate us from God that are unlearned lessons. And the one thing that we have done more than not is avoid those lessons. We avoid them. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it next year. Well, I'll do it when the kids are grown up. Well, I'll do it when I retire. Well, I'll do it whenever. Well, I'll do it next lifetime. And then the next lifetime comes and the conversation continues. And we will avoid the lesson over and over and over. Even into the fourth generation, it says. Even into the fourth lifetime before we finally are going to be confronted in such a way that we will have to learn the lesson. Our soul will not let us avoid any longer. So be strong. Be brave. But not bravery in the way that the world demonstrates bravery. Be brave in loving. Because loving is the true brave action. Stand in your loving and let whatever needs to come forward come forward in your life and love it and honor it and welcome it and invite it in and say, share with me, teach me, bring me understanding that I might fulfill whatever it is you are here to help me fulfill, that I come into the greater knowing of who I am as soul, as divine, as loving. Do that, and truly you will begin to see your life being lived very differently. That is true bravery. You don't stand trying to prove something, trying to resist, trying to change. You stand in loving and let the loving do all that is to be done. And in that lesson, there may be something that you will even have to take into the world to do. Be more responsible. Be more active and not reactive. Be loving, accepting, and forgiving rather than judging and separating and fearing. Whatever it might be, then you put that into motion for the fulfillment of the lesson. The lesson may be something that is inside of yourself to be fulfilled, and it may be something in the world. 
And it may mean that in the world you're going to have to learn or take on new ways of being, new tools of action, such as learning how to communicate with someone, how to truly share, how to participate in a conversation. I remember early on when I began understanding more about this, one of the things I learned on the inner levels about communication was it's not always about you talking and you giving your opinion and you sharing, but it's also about listening. And I learned a tool in listening in this action of communication, which really assisted me in understanding just how important communication is, but how communication truly can take place. I found that in my communications early on, I would be on the defense. And while somebody was sharing with me something for my better betterment or my understanding or my clarity about a situation, inside I would be putting up my own opinions, my own defense as to what was I going to say as soon as they got quiet. And even though I was listening, I wasn't really listening, I wasn't really taking it in because inside I was creating my defense. And then when they finished talking, I would start defending my territory. And I would push them away by not listening and seeing what it is they had to say and where they were coming from. And so Spirit said to me one night, Jim, from now on, listen. Stop the mind. Listen. In your communication with others, listen. And hear what they have to say. And rather than then starting to give your own opinion, your own ideas, your own thoughts on something, ask them. Let me ask you, is this what I'm hearing you say? And share with them what you've just heard. And see if you're hearing them clearly if you're understanding what it is that they're trying to say. And most likely you're going to hear from them, no, 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 that's not what I was saying. What I was really saying was this. And then you will begin to understand where they're coming from in that kind of a conversation. That's the beginning of communication. True communication is understanding. Understanding each other. And true communication is about understanding where the other person is coming from. What is their situation? What is their thoughts? What is going on for them in this action between you two? Then you can begin to communicate with them from a very different place. No longer defending, but sharing, participating, connecting, and being in action together rather than Two separate bodies defending territory, trying to get their way, trying to defend their beliefs, or whatever it might be. So be aware that to be a brave soul is also to be able to communicate, to communicate with others, to clear the energy between two people or a group of people, to be free. 
Communication is an action of loving and accepting and forgiving. And that communication action takes place with all those that you are involved with in the world, but it also takes place within yourself. Communicating with your body, with your imagination, with your emotions, with your mind, even with your unconscious, and definitely as soul. Communicate as the soul. And the soul is loving, so communicate in loving. And communicate with all the parts of yourself and those outside yourself from that place of loving that is your soul. And things will transform. You will move through it like a hot knife through butter. (laughs) It will be just that easy. But if you're not coming from that place, and you're coming from the mind or the emotions or the body, you're going to find that it may be a little bit more challenging. But you still can transform things. Even from those levels, you can transform things by paying attention and by being in action, not reaction. Action will carry you forward. Action will bring forth change. Action will give you freedom. Reaction is a step back. Reaction is a defense that puts up a barrier. Reaction does not allow opportunity or growth or change or freedom. So if you just pay attention to your life in that way, am I in action or in reaction? That will tell you a lot. And that will begin to allow you to make maybe different choices in how you live your life, how you're doing your life. Am I in action or reaction? When I was six years old, and I was in first grade, I saw one day something happened between three students out in the hallway. They were second or third graders. And I saw what actually happened to begin the process and what took place during the process. And a teacher came out from her room hearing all the noise and grabbed one of the students and pulled him aside and just started yelling at him, not paying attention to the other two. Well, the one she grabbed a hold of and pulled aside was the one who was trying to defend themselves against these other two. But she didn't know. All she did is go into reaction and grab the one that was talking in that moment and blamed it all on him. Well, having seen what went on as a first grader, innocent and not knowing, I walked up to her and I said, wait, wait, wait. Let me tell you what was really happening. You don't know what was really happening. And she looked at me and she said, be quiet. You don't know what you're talking about. And so I just stood there for a minute listening to her yell at him. And I said, but, but you don't understand. He was just taking care of himself. And I tried to explain the situation. And she looked at me and she said, do you want to go to the principal's office for talking back to a teacher? And I'm going, but I'm just trying to explain. And she said, okay, that's it. And she grabbed my hand and grabbed, took hold of his hand, and off we went down the hall. 
And we walked into the principal's office, and she's all in a huff, and she's telling him about this student and why he, she was mad at him and why she was yelling at him. And then she turned to me and she said to the principal, and this, this boy, he thinks is a VIP or something. And I'm standing there, I'm going, VIP? VIP? What's a VIP? And I have no idea what a VIP is. And the principal turns to me and he says, was well, that true? And I go, I don't know. And he goes, well, you should know. And I said, well, I don't know what a VIP is. And he goes, VIP, you don't know what a VIP is? And I said, no. And he said, a very important person. And I said, oh, I am important. <laughs> because inside and spirit, everyone is important. So I thought, well, of course I'm important. And he didn't like that. So, <laughs> so we all sat down. Finally, the boy began, had permission to finally talk, shared what actually happened. And the teacher finally said, oh, I didn't understand. I'm sorry. And apologized to the student. And she was ready to go. Started to get up. And I'm sitting there and I'm kind of going, well, what's going to happen to me now? Am I going to get punished for being a VIP? <laughs> and the principal said, sit back down, sit back down, and tell him what you have to say. And she turned to me and she said, oh, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I said you were a very important person. <laughs> and I went, no, no, no. I am important. <laughs> and she got mad at me for saying that. So we talked a little bit more and then it all ended. But that began to help me understand how people communicate and miscommunicate. And do not listen, but only defend. That's where I began to understand the process. And that's where I began at the age of six to put this action of listening and then sharing what I was hearing rather than trying to put my point across right up front. So, land of the brave and home of the free, that's truly the realm of spirit. And this is just a reflection. And the ideas and the concepts that our forefathers that they brought into this nation and into its founding is just a reflection of what they either knew or had heard of in the realms of spirit. And we're trying to bring forward down here, as above, so below. So don't look in this world for freedom or for bravery. Look inside and look to the true realm the true creation of spirit, and there know and find that which is freedom and that which is of the bravery of the soul, which is loving. All right. Well, thank you all. Thank you very much.